Hello and welcome to the Ben Like Bamboo Resilience Show. To Ben Like Bamboo is to master change with flexibility. And on the show, I get to interview very special guests about resilience, their amazing stories, and we're going to learn so much from the wonderful Nick Moss today. Thanks so much for being on the show, Nick. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Let me introduce you properly. So Nick is one of um, Australia's most innovative health and fitness practitioners and educators. After his time as a soldier in the Australian Army, Nick developed a keen interest in high performance and rehabilitation. From there, he studied personal training, kinesiology, mind-body medicine and integrative medicine, which equipped him to deal with the types of complex issues that clients present with. I can relate. He, become, he became a lecturer in those modalities for the College of Complementary Medicine and has written courses in the field of sports therapy, kinesiology, corrective exercise and manual therapy. It's Nick's passion to study the human brain and nervous system and most recently applied and functional neurology and bachelor in myotherapy. In addition to developing functional neuro um, health, as a premier-based um, brain-based therapy service and education provider, Nick has another business called Integrative Vitality. There is going to be so much to talk about today, Nick. Uh, on, when I first met you and we had that lunch, so everyone, I met Nick, I found Nick on Instagram, and then I was just so impressed by his work. I literally reached out, reached out to you and said, can we have lunch? I have to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It was, and it was just so wonderful to meet you in the flesh. And um, I just think you you do incredible work. And now after seeing you even as a client, I know that you do incredible work. And just, yeah, start at the start. Like what interested you to get into this field of work? Um, yeah, well, uh, right at the beginning. So I suppose, um, where do I start really? So I've always wanted to serve people. Yeah. Always. And that's, I suppose, what drove me to eventually um, join the military yeah. um, because it was about serving something bigger than yourself. Uh, even though you don't really know exactly why you do those things at the time, you can rationalise why, but you don't really know until you, you, you know, go past and you look back and you can see exactly why you did that. But that was all preparing me for the, my career right now. So, mm. yeah, it's always been about service, uh, serving others, um, trying to care for others. Um, so from there, yeah, when I joined the military, it was basically giving me that, that sense of discipline um, mm. and tenacity and resilience, um, which I, I knew I needed. I mean, I, always, I think I had that naturally as well, but I needed to refine it a bit more. I needed to become um, part of a team, um, a team building process. And, and yeah, just, just experience the world and just, to, just go to places that I know I never would normally go. And whatever was going to come from that was going to come from that. At one stage, I was going to be a career soldier. I mean, I loved the job, to be honest. Um, I loved yeah. the, the bushwork, the getting dirty, um, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, when I came out, it was like basically, okay, so I, I, I left because I didn't want to become institutionalised, right? I didn't want to be one of those guys that have done 20 years, they get out and then just sort of institutionalised by the system. They don't know how to reintegrate into civilian life. Yeah. I didn't want to become one of those guys and I knew there was a big, big world out there. So I was like, okay, let's get out for a few years and just put your feet in the water and see <clears throat> how you go. And if it doesn't work out, then you can always get back in. How old were you then when you decided to go out? 
It was about 20, 20, 20 23, 24. And how old were you when you started? 18. Wow. Yeah, so I was a baby. Like, I can't believe <laughs> some of the stuff I did, like, at that age. Like, it was like, what, you know, I had my 21st in Baghdad. So, wow. <laughs> I know, it's insane. But um, came out and I was like, okay, yeah, it was that, that sort of crux point. So, just go out, put your foot in the water, mm. see, what, see what's out there. I was a bit frustrated by the fact that I was controlled. Um, I could always follow orders and do all that sort of stuff, but um, it was the fact that you couldn't go and do whatever you want. So mm. I went out and, um, you know, guys either, either they joined the, at that time it was you go to the mines, you go to private security or you go into fitness. And so yeah. I was like, did a little bit of private security work and then I was like, okay, um, now I'm going to go into fitness. And I went into um, running my PT business in a, in a big box gym. So it was the polar opposite of being, you know, babied and looked after and everything, you know, paid for and you get paid on the same day every two weeks um, to generating your own income. And uh, I loved it because I loved the freedom and it was very successful first uh, uh, two years of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I just really went at it um, and I was very lucky to be exposed to some pretty high level thinkers in that field, such as Paul Czech. Mm -hmm. he, he, his, his system even has the word kinesiology in it. So it's more the American term, but we'll come to that later on what that really means. But um, when I started to see that you could actually, within fitness even, there was a wider scope of holistic health. Uh, that's when I was like, oh, that's why I'm doing this stuff because it's not just to you know, lift weights. Like I could do that, all that sort of stuff. I could work out really hard, but that's not really what it was about. It was about um, helping people holistically, again, serving. Um, but I knew that... Uh, I needed to know a lot, lot more than I already did because it was only you do your weekend courses here and there. And, you know, you didn't really, I didn't really realise how much you had to commit to learning to be good at this stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And particularly going just from a structural level to the biochemical, to the emotional, to the spiritual, to the electromagnetic, exactly. It's, yeah, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And it's quite daunting. And then I was like, what actually happened, and this will sort of uh, talk about the, the resilience side of things, is... Um, generally it's transitioning from the military it's hard for everyone it's not easy for anyone mm. and there are different reasons as to why it would be easier for one person or another i think i transitioned quite well initially i uh, still was friends with a lot of the guys i was essentially still one of the boys right but um then as things started to shift and change and relationship break down and then i started to confront with my shadow right the shadow aspect of myself i was not prepared for that and um everything fell apart basically i knew i was yeah it all fell apart like friends lots of things so that sort of 27 28 year old age it was just really rough i had a long mm. long term um yeah, uh relationship breakdown which was coming for a long time but it was you know it was the kick in the guts and then i lost a few friends as well and i was i was deeply depressed deeply depressed deeply mm. depressed like in a real hole you would have lost yourself to find yourself but you would have lost yourself and it sounds like um what resilience means to you is is how you show up for yourself and how you navigate change 100 percent, definitely yeah. and it's about being adaptable um but i had to go to that that real i mean i was rock bottom and i was rock bottom for maybe one or two years i think mm -hmm. and it just felt like i just like well i didn't think i was going to get out of it to be honest how did you feel when you were rock bottom? Like, tell me about that moment. Like, do you remember a moment? Like, what were you I didn't doing? Want to live. I didn't want to live. Yeah. 
yeah. And I, you know, I, I not only thought about it, I even I didn't really plan it, but I I did, I I definitely thought about it every day. It was all in my mind, like what do I do? Like how do I go? How do I go forward? You know, I didn't see, I couldn't see a solution because mm-hmm. I was just in this ruminating thought process. I was in deep pain, deep deep pain, um, and you know, I was you know crying myself to sleep sometimes. Is that because you felt so disconnected because you had lost parts of your life and and you were becoming something new, but you felt lost in that? Why do you think it was? It was, I think it was, I was being confronted with the effects of my choices. Yeah. Okay. So that's been brutally honest. And, yeah. Um, and that, that, you know, my actions do affect others and of course, and, and, in, and myself as well, ultimately I affect myself. And um, that's it. That it's only up to me to change it. That was a lesson, mm-hmm. but I really had to purge a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. which were, you know, not probably true, true, um, true friends in, in a sense. But uh, you know, before that, I was a guy that would be like, a, you know, friends with everyone. You know, I had all these different groups of friends, and I'd be sociable with everyone. It would just make everyone happy. You know, and it was just constant this constant social thing. Yeah. After that, it started to break down, which is good because I knew what I struggled with when I, I knew I was uh, could be um, quite um, successful at something, but I struggled with my focus because I was always about the party, right? Yeah. So this had to happen in in a way um, because it started to it got me to rock bottom, which forced me to start to rise up again, and then um, and then uh, look for go back onto the path which had already started to go on, which is this service path and in the health and fitness realm and I still didn't know what I wanted to study yet I was like okay medicine I'm gonna be a doctor right um and then I looked at medicine I'm like oh no and the politics behind it I was like oh no 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 that'll drive me bananas mm-hmm. and, um, and then I was like <laughs> okay physio physio is good because I like the body yeah what about yeah. psychology uh psychology is good oh what combines the both no nah, no nah, that's pretty dry too it's yeah. nothing out there and then it like and then I met someone um, it was actually a massage therapist and uh, they said, go, I've done kinesiology as well. And they said, uh, go study with this college. It was a CCM in Sydney. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I looked up the course and I was like, well, this is the thing. This is the thing I want to do. And it had everything, all the mind body stuff, but I still sat on it. I was still scared. And at that time I was actually doing a bit of bar work because I'd left PT. I was doing it in the park still, but I needed to do something completely different. And hospitality work uh, for me was probably learning how to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And I got into management positions within a sort of like two and a half years spate. I got, got up to management positions and there was actually a crossroads before I went down to the kinesiology sort of um, integrative health path mm-hmm. was do I go down this path or do I become an owner of these ho- wildly successful hotels and become a multimillionaire? Um, you know, one path was obviously a lot more money at that time anyway, mm. uh, but it was, you know, filled with more partying and debauchery. Yep. Yep. Like unhealthy. Like some of the people in there, you know, connect, connected with some unsavory people as well. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. But it was literally, I had this crossroads. Yeah. And it was like, I knew this is where I needed to go. Um, but then again, as fate would have it, I actually got fired from that job. Uh, the like because I, I basically I think I sabotaged myself. Yeah, I think it's the only time I've got fired actually. What was your role in the hospitality job? I was like a bar manager at the time, and mm-hmm. 
yeah, like uh, <clears throat> um, basically I, I did the wrong thing and they had to make an example of me because I was the bar manager. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was meant to be by the sounds of it. 100%. Like it was, it was good because I still continued on and did some more work at other places while I was studying. But like that confirmed for me that I was going in a different direction and back to, to where I was originally going. Well, that's right. Well, that's an exact example of how a setback can be perceived as a setback at the, at the time. But in hindsight, looking back, it was actually an event that guided you onto the right path that you were heading for the whole time. But these little events that occur that create endings, which we see as setbacks, can be the greatest gift of all. 100%. Yeah, it was, it was like the universe was forcing me to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was disappointing at the time, but I also was kind of. I think it was. It was just before my look. It was around like age twenty nine or something, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm almost thirty, and you know, um, I can't believe I'm. You know, I'm. I've done nothing basically. You yeah. Know, I got really down on myself, but then it was like once I started to go down this path and yeah. come out of it and really commit to it, it was like there's no looking back, and I haven't looked back since. So. So tell me when you. Um, came from the rock bottom and you were rising up, what was it do you think that became your turning point? It was that. Yeah. 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 That moment. That, crossroads. That moment and of just going, all right, come on, man. Like not, don't, don't stuff around anymore. You know, like this is, this is it. This is, you know, you can keep doing what you've been doing the last few years. You've been floating around, <clears throat> you know, in an easy sort of job or, career and still sort of hanging on to this sort of party um, lifestyle yeah or you can do what you're meant to do you know what people have always said about you which is your potential and all that sort of stuff yeah. and you can go and, and and actually action it yeah yeah and to and what made you choose to serve and to go on the healing route other than which can be very enticing you know the the you know the, the pathway that's that um, promises you, you know, lots more money and, um, you know, which may or may not happen. But, yeah, what was it that made you go, yeah, like obviously you started using your intuition more by the sounds of it and you just felt more guided. What was it that made you really follow through yeah. on the path you're on now? You're right. <clears throat> I can probably like logicalise it. Yeah. But really it was probably more of a knowing and an in intuition and a, and a sense that, that, going down that path was was a darker path and yeah there was much more openness and lightness around this path although yeah. there was the ego was threatened by that because the ego was more identified with the other path yes whereas people had always known me as sort of you know nick's that like sort of character he's a bit of a crazy guy you know um <clears throat> he's um you know he's never going to grow up sort of a guy yeah um you know why would like that's weird if you go down and be like healing and holistic health and stuff like that's weird so there was all these ego uh things that was like that 100%. basically stopped me from um going down that path sooner yeah um, but i knew intuitively that was the right thing and i suppose i wasn't like the universe got in the way and created a scenario so i was basically almost forced to go that way because i as that happened, literally the day or two days afterwards, I called up the college and said, oh, is there a course on? They said, yeah, we've got one starting next week. Would you like to jump in? Mm -hmm. It's like, come on. You know. The universe opens up when it's meant to be. Yeah. Um, so you, how did you enjoy studying the course? I loved it. Yeah, there was everything um, 
I thought it was going to be and more. And um, yeah, and just uh, ignited that that insatiable uh, part of me, which is, you know, uh, just go after it um, and just go after it with everything. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as I got there, I'm like, I'm going to become a teacher. And then like, I just said, I'm not going to say a word to anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone my intentions. I'm just, and then they tap me on the shoulder at the end of the course and I'm like, cool. And then <laughs> it was just like, that's whereas before I used to tell people, oh, my intentions all the time, like I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, you know, they would lose its power. Mm. I was like, no, nah, just, just do the work. And so it was that mindset shift. And it was, I observed this in a lot of soldiers, actually, a yeah. lot of really good soldiers who were a little bit older and they had yeah. a level of maturity and they were just quiet professionals. And they just, you know, they didn't say a lot. They didn't boast. They just, they just did it. Yeah. And they had a lot of respect. Yeah. You know, I was young at the time, so I couldn't, you know, under 25, you don't, your brain's not working properly. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I was able to fire, you know, weapons and, you know, rocket launchers and all that sort yeah. of stuff. But, yes. but I just, I look at them and go, oh, that's awesome. Like, and like I had, I was very fit and all that sort of stuff, but I was like, I couldn't uh, calm it. I didn't have the life experience basically. It was a wisdom. And so then at that, that mm. later stage, I was able to apply that and go, oh, yeah, this is it. And I can apply yeah. that same mindset to this, that sort of warrior mindset. Yeah. Hey, tell me, what's your definition of kinesiology? Because it's not an easy um, question to answer. Yeah, well, the word itself, kinesiology, really means the study of movement. So yeah. if you could extrapolate that further and go, it could be movement of anything. Or Really, I, I actually think uh, modern kinesiology is where it came from, from applied kinesiology. What it was, It's really applied physiology. So yeah, uh, which is also another brand of kinesiology, but the actual it should really be named applied physiology because mm. uh, you are interacting with the the body, the nervous system, to ask questions uh, of the nervous system or the autonomic nervous system or the subconscious, whatever you want to call it, mm. um, about where where the physiology or the psychology is out of homeostasis. Yeah. Um, and this system, which is the 95% of us, it's a reflexive, um, unconscious, subconscious uh, homeostasis system. It's all, it, it observes everything. So it always has, you know, it knows exactly what it needs. We don't. The conscious mind doesn't. But why it's so powerful is we can use biofeedback or muscle testing, yep. the direct uh, output of this system to interact with the system very yes. specifically. Very accurately. What's the most, what's the session that's in your career so far that has stood out? Like what's the power of kinesiology to you? Uh, like it happens all the time. So I can't even uh, like, uh, I can't even like. Uh, Are there like just top three moments that you'll never forget? There's so many. I mean, like I can only think of the race, the ones that have happened recently. Yeah, like, even just like, one, even just one, like something that's powerful that blew your mind with what kinesiology can do to the brain and the changes that it can make. I mean, I even remember the session we had and yeah, when, when my that was epic. My mum died on Mother's Day in May a couple of months ago and when I saw you on Instagram, it's like I had this deep knowing you need to go and see him. You need to meet him and um, he's going to help you with something. And then 
what our first session was very much about releasing the trauma of um, mum passing away in my arms of lung failure. So it was massive. And I shook for like 10, 15 minutes to the point where we were both, both you and I as kinesiologists were blown away with how long it went for. Yeah, that was one of the longest ones I've seen actually where you had a neurogenic tremor, which is what can happen with the nervous system when it decides to let go of trauma. Mm. It just We just did something that triggered it and it just went on and that so that was that was huge i mean in terms of that like and i've said a few other not everyone does that but there are a few it's, it seems to be happening more and more and it and, and it because i understand what the concept of it more but yeah i've had even similar things where i will just literally be um thinking of something in my head of like you know i'm asking questions in my mind while muscle testing and, and the client will go into this reaction so there's so much connection between thoughts the nervous system and, and then the other person's body. So that's pretty mm. hard to wrap the head around. But even just things of like, you know, working manually or the structurally, I had a guy who had like some, he couldn't lift his shoulder. He had basically frozen shoulder like mm. about three or four months ago. And he, um, you know, he'd had it for nine months and he just was like, boom, stuck, you know. And I just worked, it was just in like a, a, there was muscles that were tight and the mm. muscles that weren't and they were entrapping a nerve. And it took literally three or four minutes and he was boom, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then it has never come back you know yeah. that was it that's all he needed you know that's yeah. a great acute sort of classic little case and some cases are not like that but I mean it just happens you just get used in my in my clinic I've just got used to what is we were told is not possible so um, you sort of get a bit spoiled you know what I mean? Oh, what we get to witness and the healings and the transitional, uh, the changes that can occur to the body in the building. Like I've seen clients as well who have had a stomach pain their whole life and then after one or two sessions, sometimes it's as quick as one, sometimes you need to work on it a few times to unpack it and and it just it, it goes away and it's a permanent release. Um, I, I know I sent a girlfriend of mine to you that couldn't sleep and she she now sleeps. Yeah. So and we can get stuck in that frozen pattern of the fight or flight and stress response. And we become addicted to that fight or flight stress response in our modern day of living, drinking coffee, watching the news, going through, you know, the time in the world that we're going through at the moment. And we can get so addicted to that rush and clutter and we forget um, how familiar it could be to to feel more in balance, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the power of kinesiology because it communicates to the nervous system and we're either in, you know, that survival fight or flight mode or we are in growth and repair. And what I think kinesiology is about is all about is how to identify why that client or that person has um, become stuck in the stress response when it occurred what that means and how to change the brain with flexibility and adaptability that to change its mind that you know we're not in survival we are safe uh, and so that it can then fire growth and repair pathways instead and that's how I think the healing occurs 100 yeah exactly. yeah it's not yeah. easy to explain though it's so great and every kinesiologist works differently yeah 100 I mean it's just a, it's a tool uh, because kinesiology is not really uh, often the mechanism by which the healing happens. It's a mechanism by which we assess how to affect the healing. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, because well, within kinesiology, there's a lot of different sort of, you could use acupressure, you could use manual therapy, you could use crystals, you could use oils, you could use emotional release. 
they're all uh, corrections, but, but the kinesiology testing is basically assessing very specifically uh, which one to use, when and why and how long for. Mm, mm, mm. it's like a family tree in your head isn't it when you're discovering the imbalance and you're working out what's going on with that client and then you're asking structural biochemical emotional spiritual electromagnetic questions and that'll determine the path you're going down um and then yeah you create the chaos in the body to bring up the stress and then it's about yeah like not just rearranging the furniture it's about creating a new pattern that's going to rewire the brain to let go of what it needs to let go of so it can find a way to heal 100 percent, and that's what chaos the chaos that chaos theory idea which is like charles Greves talks about yeah uh you know there's a lot of more research coming out about that about um <clears throat> creating a uh and that's what a tremor is it's basically it's it's uh, you're in chaos mm. and that chaos the nervous system is is finding its center again yeah reorganizing yeah. its center well, tell me, how is your life better now, having got having gone through what you've been through with so much change and needing to navigate your life in this wonderful direction that you've taken, which I'm sure you find so rewarding now? How is your life better now? Night and day. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I've like you know, I've got a I've got a family now and all that sort of stuff. So that's very very enriching. Yeah, uh, and I don't. Yeah, look, the path I was going down, and if I kept going down, it was not good, you know. And and yeah. so it's been a constant evolution, and I've still got a long way to go. Like I've still got so much stuff I need to work on. Constantly, but, yeah. But uh, I don't think I could have. I don't think I'd be here now without going down that path. For me, this is just me individually. Yeah, yeah. I think it's exactly what I needed to. Um, it was obviously a, a bit of a struggle at first trying to get things going as everyone, you know, any, any new business businesses, but now it feels like um, I don't really work a day in my life. So, but I still, you know, earn decent money and then, uh, you know, help a lot of people and yeah. fairly balanced life. So yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's night and day. Yeah. And it's always uh the cool thing about it as well is I can work on myself and try to refine it, um, try to refine life as well. It's obviously always trying to find that balance in life is the, is the hardest thing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely, um, it's just got me a, a whole different sense of purpose. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really think that you're displaying how resilience is really all about how we show up for ourselves when we're going through change or when we're feeling lost and, and we're finding a new direction um, which is exactly what I think resilience is all about. And so if you, if anyone listening out there that is going through a crossroads or they're feeling that internal communication of no, 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 not, not that way, you need to find a new way, but you've got to find that courage and resilience and self-belief, what, what are three tips that you can give um, people of, of how to navigate through that bit that you've just described you've been through? So the crossroads point. Yeah, like how to navigate that. Like, what are three tips to to get, navigate that really critical change? So you need to come back to yourself. So, how do you come back to yourself? Or well, usually, for most, actually, if you're a human being, it's generally going to be coming back to nature. Yeah. So whether that's going for walks in nature, going for hikes, going into the beach, yeah, away from the the, the technological aspects of life coming yeah. just that in and of itself will start to germinate or 
change of frequency. Yeah. So you get into that Schumann resonance and that will start to bring you back into those uh, regenerative pathways. Yes. And so you can come back to center a bit, um, but you already know the answer. It's already there within you. So that's mm -hmm. why you need to often uh, quiet everything. And nature yeah. is, is one of those mechanisms to do that. So I'd say you definitely use nature as a mechanism um, rather than this escapism, come back to self. Yes. Because you've got that answer. And then um, maybe journaling might be an idea as well. So, um, you know, morning pages is quite good where mm -hmm. you just wake up and a lot of people heard this. It's from the book called The Artist's Way. Yeah. You, you wake up first thing and you just write down three pages. Um, uh, okay. You literally write thoughts that are in your head so yeah. exactly as they are without editing so you don't write like you don't write a story you write exactly what you're thinking so if you're like um you know you you open the page and you've got no you've got a blanket you write down i don't know what to write you know well that's a nice bird and that's literally so yeah. it's nonsensical yeah it doesn't matter because no one else needs to see it ever in fact i usually burn it or mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. it's getting the clogging up of here out onto something else so that's yeah. also a neurological process because that's you know it's just you're getting from you know the, the brain to the hand and then so that's it's it's this uh new connection rather than just sloshing around in your head mm -hmm. that is a, one of the most powerful psychological techniques i know of so, so that's in the morning and then you can also do it every day you can sort of self-reflect you know and go well what did this experience do, yeah. do with it even just reflecting on your day, such as like, okay, wh what do I, what, what are you inclined to normally do? So like, yeah. uh, what did I do well? What did I not do not so well? What did I learn? What that great things happened today? What am I grateful for? These, this is exactly how I journal too. Just how, when, how often do we sit and reflect at the end of the day to go, what great things happened today? What difficult things happened today? What's on my mind? You know, what am I grateful for? It's a wonderful uh, technique and, and ritual to do before we go to sleep and enter into the subconscious again, you know? 100%. Yeah. Mm. It's that journey at the end of the day, I find is, is different from the beginning of the day, the beginning of the day, especially if you're just sort of clogged up, like you don't know why, where to go using that, that basically stream of consciousness writing is just getting all the nonsensical out of the way. And you will find that your thoughts clean up. Yeah. And then it, it, there'll be a, a cleaner sort of, you'll have those predominant thoughts come in. And so this is going to the last one, which is if you don't know what to do with your life, or is this what it was about? Like where, where to go or what to do or mm. career or with your life direction? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's generally the thing that you think about naturally that you're inclined to do. Yeah. And that you enjoy because that's the thing that's going to, uh, it's, it's, not, it's the thing that you're passionate about. So yeah. it could be anything because you need that passion to make it happen. And that will drive um, that will drive the impetus to make that thing happen. Once you make it happen, then you've got that passion anyway. Yeah. And because you love it, and, uh, then it's not really work. Yeah. And so. you can only identify what you're passionate about when you are able to receive and experience joy in your life. And we often block that when we're stressed as well, or oh, yeah. we're experiencing a lack of self-worth, particularly when we're young and we're growing up. Like I didn't know how to answer that question. I knew what was fun for me, but I didn't really know what I was passionate about because I had, I was so closed off within my heart for, for a particular period of time, but I was like, joy, what, you know, 
<laughs> so that's why reconnecting and, yeah. and, and, you know, strengthening your self-belief within yourself and your self-worth and therefore being more playful and then going with the flow and then that's what creates that anchor within that allows you to know what situations to walk towards and which ones, <coughs> excuse me, to walk away from. Um, so, so you said yeah. that's something really important there, the self-belief. So that yeah. for me is underpinning all resilience. Mm. You need to believe in yourself. Uh, and obviously if there's, if you don't, then you maybe need to work out why you don't, but the self-belief will, will be the kind of almost focal point to be able to have the resilience. 100%. And just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and going through new and difficult stuff is what builds it because you don't know what you're capable of until you throw yourself into the deep end and there are no mistakes. There's only learnings. 100%. Yeah, that is exactly right. As as you get more, as you go through more, you get more resilient, which gives you more self-belief. Exactly. It's catch 22. Can't get around it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go through the stuff, not around. So you also do... You have online courses, face-to-face seminars, holistic health retreats. So you're going to start those again soon because I know that we haven't been able to do much of that for a while. Still assessing that. Um, mm. You know, I could have been, you know, I, there were so many opportunities to work overseas as well. You know, uh, mm. you know I got offered to work, to run retreats in the Mediterranean, you know. Oh, wow. So you know, it, all through the Mediterranean and we would have also done a lot more retreats uh, in Bali and in Thailand and places like that. And yeah. even maybe Byron Bay or places around Australia. So yeah. obviously that's that's there and that's that's good to go. And we had a very successful first retreat, which was literally in March 2020. Mm. So we came back into the chaos. Yeah, uh, it was good timing. And uh, it's considering how it went, I, I know that's it's definitely uh, needed and probably even more so needed now. So and probably a bit more refined now yeah. as well. So it's basically giving people. Uh, an opportunity to to tune out from their normal life, um, work on themselves, see yeah. talented practitioners, learn a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but I just remember it was like some of the feedback on that course. We had one lady in particular who was a medical professional actually, and she came to the course, um, came to the uh, retreat, and uh, she looked very stressed and just wide, you know, exhausted. And uh, on the first night, she was uh, like in the corner, sort of. I just said, "How are you going?" And she just like lost it. She mm. just broke. I feels I feel broken. And um, she went through, and we were doing. We had vagus nerve stimulators there as well. And uh, she hadn't seen any other any of the practitioners by day four. And I said, I checked in with her on day four. I said, "How are you going?" And she goes, "Oh well, uh, I'm about 80 percent now compared to I was five percent when I first came." Mm. Well, she saw a few of the practitioners, including myself. And then at the end of it, I checked in with her again. I said, and she looked like she was, her eyes were beaming, so the skin, the color had come back to her face, mm. and she just looked grounded in herself. And it was, she was like, I'm like almost 100%. So mm. sometimes even it's a combination of things as to why that happens that change of environment around the healing uh, environment, working on yourself, getting your brain stimulated. You know, it's just, that was for me, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, and it yeah. wasn't just her, but that, that one really stood out for me as like uh, facilitating someone else's healing is, yeah. is as powerful as uh, 
doing it's very it. healing for the practitioner as well to witness I, I totally agree and um well definitely keep doing what you're doing nick i really believe in your work i think you're amazing and um if you guys want to check out nick's work jump on functionalneurohealth.com um and if you if you love this podcast please share the love and subscribe on the ben like bamboo channel nick thank you so much for being with me today all right thank you thanks for having me